0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, people, it's uh, it's really hot in Burbank right now. And I don't want to complain because I'm looking at, you know, I'm talking to Joanne's brother and it's like fall back east already. And here, yesterday it was 104 and at 9 o'clock at night, it was 90. I had the air conditioner on at 80 degrees and I was cool. I mean, we were going to watch the football game last night because, you know, we both love our Philadelphia Eagles. And I looked at Joanne and I said, you know, when football's on, it's not supposed to be 100 degrees out. And no lie, she left the house at two o'clock to run some errands. It was 102. When she got back at four, it was 104. So hopefully it will cool off because this its just killing you. And you hate to complain, but the heat just, it wears me out because me with my heart condition, I'm like, I have like no energy. Anyway, enough about me. We have our guest, Jack Plotnick. How you doing, Jack? More about your heart condition. I have have congestive heart failure, but but I'm healthier than ever. I I got it two and a half years ago. Failure is a scary word. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I always say that, but I've noticed this when people go, oh, Ed Koch died of congestive heart failure. I'm like, no, Ed Koch was 88 when he died. It wasn't (laughs) because of that. Well, no, fine. But just when it's hot. Now, does the heat affect you at all? Because it's been very hot.
1: No, I, 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 well, you know what it is? I just keep in mind that it, it it's like this every year, but only for a week or like two, or two weeks at most. So it's just kind of, you know, this fire you walk through and, and, and because of it, you get to live in LA.
0: <laughs> now you, I mean, you're a Midwest kid. You're from Ohio, right? Yeah. Okay. Now that had the seasons and now do you miss, do you miss the seasons?
1: I miss wind most of all, like there's no wind in LA. It's very strange, but uh, yeah, I miss the seasons, but I go visit them. I go visit seasons and then I get to leave the season behind and come back to the perfect, perfect 75 degree weather here. So I I like that.
0: You know, we bitch right now that it's hot. But then someone put on uh, someone posted on Twitter. They said, but yeah, I'm getting upset because I have to deal with that 75 degree winter. Which is so true. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're from Ohio. Is it a small town? They,
1: does, did the people know who I am? That you're, the, did they need to get any... We'll get to your career. It's oh, no, Jack I just Plotnick.
0: mean my name. Jack, it's I said Jack. Jack Plotnick. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I, I talk fast. I don't, you don't have headphones on. It's <laughs> I Jack <missed> Plotnick. It. <laughs> no, it's It's Jack Plotnick, people. It's Jack Plotnick. Hi there. <laughs> that's okay. So now, now, is your town you grew up in, was it a small town? Um, yeah, sure. It's suburban. Yeah,
1: Majorly Suburban.
0: Now, was your family into acting? I mean, how did you end up getting on this trail of acting? And, you know, was it in your household? I I was
1: definitely the only one. I was the weirdo. And um, I just, gosh, I think it all started maybe watching Carol Burnett's show or Saturday Night Live. Or I just... uh, I started to. I I actually would in fifth grade shut my school down and make them force them to watch me do these ske- these sketches all of at night live with my friend. And for some reason they put up with it.
0: <laughs> That's so cool though. I mean, it's so you know, it's so funny, especially at that age. I mean, we're so I don't know because you're I'm only a few years older than you, which our birthdays are the same day. People, which is great. We're That's both mischief, mischief night October thirtieth. Did you? Mischief. Oh no, back east we called it mischief night because the night before Halloween everyone would go out and. Do mischief like soap windows, and it you was.
1: just added an extra day to Halloween. I love that. It's great. We didn't. I didn't. Mm.
0: because in Chicago, I think they call it Devil's Night or something uh-huh. like that but so well, but it's so great because at fifth when I mean, you said at fifth did grade. Did you get
1: a lot of birthday cake shaped like pumpkins?
0: Yeah and my mom my mom would always do this. Maybe your mom did the same thing. Whenever she had like a birthday party for me it was always costume themed and I'd be like no I don't <laughs> want the day at the zoo birthday. Tomorrow's <laughs> Halloween we're dressing up and I think she just wanted to uh, sit there and kill two birds with one stone say okay oh, here's yeah. your costume. Now well, did you All get pumpkin kids, cakes? kids
1: they always kill two birds with one stone. You know I would it's better Halloween than Christmas though because then the Gifts get all confused. But uh, I liked having Halloween-themed birthdays, because I guess because ber- my birthday came around Halloween, I just fell in love with the holiday, and I decided it was mine. Can
0: you remember back, <laughs> what was your best costume as a kid? That The one costume that you said, I mean, you were like, you know there's some costumes you wear, and you're just walking around like, I'm the king. And plus you're getting the special love because it's your birthday, so no one's going to say that's a bad I, I'm costume. I'm sad
1: to say I never had a good costume as a kid. It was just a series of defeats and sadness. <laughs> it was really sad because I would end—I was the youngest sibling, and I would always get the, like, the costume hand, handed down to me after they'd already worn it three years but the worst costume was i was i think i was so i was very excited because i was i thought i was a martian i was all green and and everybody thought i was oh my gosh niblet niblet is the jolly green giant's <laughs> little nephew and they were little oh, sprout and, yeah little sprout is that it little yeah. sprout okay anyway point is i thought i was a scary alien and everybody answered the door and went oh little sprout <laughs> oh,
0: it was heartbreaking <laughs> That's why you 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 got into acting because you said I got to prove I'm yes. more than little sprout. <laughs> I got to play an alien. <laughs> so so you you doing these plays in fifth grade. Now in high school, do you go into the theatrical department or did you have? Oh a big heck theatrical?
1: yeah! I'm lucky. We had an amazing theater in in my high school, and uh, I discovered musical theater at when I saw the the seniors do it at my high school when I was in sixth grade, and I knew holy cow, like, I've got to be up on stage wearing all that orange pancake makeup and singing. And then, uh, yeah, and then I and then it was over. Like, I knew that was my obsession and, and did it any time I could in high school and at community theater and the children's theater in my town. Yeah, because in Ohio, the TV movies, that's not on the plate. That's like, that's as far away as the moon, you know. But what you can do is jump on a stage and... And at your high school or whatever and I thought so, so musical theater became what I thought I was going to do with my
0: life so you're, you're, a, you're a kid in Ohio doing musical theater where do you go from there? Do you sit there and go, okay? I need to go to New York. I need to go to LA. I mean, did you probably, if you wanted to, I mean, probably I, sure. I, if you did a lot of productions, you probably started outgrowing the theater. I
1: didn't have, <laughs> gosh, I didn't have the the imagination that I think a lot of people had. My, my thought was, gosh, I got to go to college. Okay, but I sure wish I had thought, you know, the oh, I've got to hit the lights of LA. But no, I, I so, you know, the whole idea of having a career in acting was still, even though I was going to wanted to go to college for it did feels so far away and like a dream so I just you know my family and we were all business people and and college is what you do so I just went to and and the and the the incredible thing is I think I auditioned for like four schools And three of them were, I don't want to, it's not nice to say, but they were kind of a joke. They were just these little tiny nothing schools. Thank goodness a friend of a friend's mom told me you should audition for Carnegie Mellon University. I I didn't even know what it was, but I said, okay. And it is one of the absolute top schools for acting. So I really lucked out there that she told me to do that.
0: I've learned that through the show because Carnegie Mellon is also (laughs) a very... uh, big it's it's engineering school or something it's a very big tactical school i mean it's very well it's a great school because i I actually know a few It's not a
1: party school it's like architecture
0: and computers and then these
1: actors in the corner but it's wonderful for training not that you have to train as an actor i could have gone right to la i just didn't know that's i didn't really see have a big picture of the world in my head i was such a small town suburban kid so you go to Carnegie Mellon, you graduate, and now you're doing productions oh, there. Oh, I love how you said that, and got, you got rid of all the horrible, horrible work it took. I, love, I went and I graduated. Done! I, 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 do, I, I, went, I graduated
0: college in four years, which most people graduated my school in four and a half to five years. And I just sit there and go, people go, did you party? Yeah, I went to college in the 80s. Did you have fun? Yeah. Did you graduate? Yes. That's how I always look at it because I mean I mean yeah, there's work, but I mean was there was there no? Like-
1: I, I I love it because I don't I'd, I'd love to forget because it was really really hard and tough and and exhausting and so I just love the way you put
0: that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, so you get out. Then what do you do?
1: Well, I I, I went where I uh, again where the musical theater was to New York and that because I just sort of. You know, again, it started out as a dream about Carol Burnett and Saturday Night Live, but I just, it it didn't feel like that was possible. So um, I just sort of, when I trained as a theater actor and Shakespeare, and I just thought, okay, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I went to New York. Yeah, and I I got lucky because I immediately got an agent, and I immediately got some work uh, off-Broadway and... um, But what happened was there was a big change that happened because I met my comedy partners and best friend, Seth Rudetsky, in New York, uh, doing my first off Broadway show. And we started to do sketch comedy together. And that was where I realized I was the uh, happiest. Because I was doing Grand Hotel at a dinner theater in Westchester. And I was, uh, you know, I was like in a small role in Grand Hotel, dancing on stage, watching this guy eat spaghetti. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm happier. Doing that little sketch show in the basement of Don't Tell Mamas or, what, or whatnot. And, 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 I, and that was kind of a big life change for me to realize maybe there's another way my life could go and I could sort of take control of that.
0: And so, especially because sketch, I mean, sketch comedy was very prevalent in New York, I'm sure, back then.
1: I wasn't in the sketch comedy crowd and group until I moved to LA. It was just something Seth and I did together. It almost felt like we were inventing it ourselves. Um, so
0: but yeah, I loved it. How did you adjust to New York? I mean, you're a small town kid from Ohio and then you go to Pittsburgh, which is a bigger city, but New York is just I mean for a small town kid it must have just been you must have been fascinated, but you must have been a little my, bit scared. My parents
1: loved New York because they grew up in Queens and so we we often went there to visit. Okay. But New York was a terrifying place in 1991. I mean, I would leave my apartment in the mornings and, and you would see the crack vials all littering the sidewalk. 42nd Street, at that time, you did not walk down 42nd Street when the sun went down, unless you had a death wish. Of course, now it's literally like strolling down Main Street of Disneyland. That's 42nd Street now. And I love that, but no, at the time it was really terrifying. But I don't know, I I, I loved the adventure um, and actually it's incredible. And in th- The through three years I was there, I lived in 13 apartments. And I lived out of a suitcase the whole time that I was able to I was able to move my locations in just one subway ride and so I really got an amazing taste of what it's like to live in every section of New York I lived the high life and I lived in the worst Slums. It was it was wonderful.
0: Now you said you had an agent when you were there. Were he, was he sending you out? Were you going out on commercial auditions? Did you book anything? Yeah. I see in your resume you did Conan. You did a spot on Conan. Well, was that, that
1: was my break. Was, that, was that your was yeah. that your
0: first first break? I mean, what? Yeah. How, that well, happened and it out?
1: happened because I was doing the sketch show and Conan. O'Brien, my my agent called me. She said, "Look, that Conan O'Brien." And it was sort of the first big audition I'd have. They said he's looking for something, somebody. She used the word freaky to come in and play this children's entertainer called Slim Organ Body, which was a good on Slim Goodbody, and they were looking for somebody. To, and the idea of this character, Slim Organ Body, is he really has his organs on the outside of his body. And they were looking for something <laughs> really out there. And it just so happened. And you know, that's what they say: um, fortune comes to those to prepared, something like that. People who are prepared, and then it it comes to you. I we were already sort of doing this wacky opening number in my sketch show, so I just went in and sort of did more of what I was doing, and I, I got the role. And I ended up doing about I think ten appearances on Conan O'Brien, and and so. It was It was really an incredible way to be introduced to TV, because I remember standing backstage behind the curtain, and they were about to call me on to do my number, and this is live TV in front of millions of people as my first experience, and it it was overwhelming, but I had the best time of my life, yeah.
0: See, I magic. I mean, I did stand up for years back east, and you know it was overwhelming the first few times when you were in front of eight people in a <laughs> crap hole. But uh, yeah, you're thinking. I mean, no, and people are going to see you, and everyone you know can see you if they yeah. if they hear. So, but you, but you came to it, and so they like to so see you. Got, I don't know how, how I was able to, to you know move. I know yeah. and that's just a man that shows that you have you know you have what it takes because I most people freeze up because it's your first. You know, I mean, you're on live on TV and you're.
1: I don't remember. Yeah, I, I remember the moment before, but not the actuality of doing it. And you did ten more it, of those. It, it is like it is like 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 free falling. It's like jumping out of an airplane. You there's nothing to grab onto the first when you step out and you're anyway. I yeah, did a lot of appearances as Slim Organ Body and then what happened was, uh, I thought well okay that was great and uh, and I went back to musical theater and then I got a call that that the HBO pilot uh, was looking for someone to replace Andy Dick who ha- was doing uh, something else so he dropped out and I sent in a tape of myself. I was in Georgia doing. A musical at the time, and I got the part. So um, that was my big break. That, that took me to Hollywood. Yeah.
0: Now I always ask my guests when you came to Hollywood. Where was the first place you lived? Because I, when I first moved up here, I lived in this little crappy studio be- behind Hollywood and Highland. And now it's nice, but this was what 14 years ago. And I was going back for between here in San Diego because my ex-wife we lived down there, uh-huh. and I was coming up trying to get stuff going. And I paid 385 rent for this little studio, Whoa. which now would be crazy. Where did yeah. you move the first? Well, I was, um, I lived on a friend's
1: floor for a, few, a couple months, and then I thought, okay, I've got to break out on my own. And I just, fa- I can't remember how I, f- I, it was a stranger I moved in with, and I, and, um, I remember uh, I had my own bedroom, we shared a bathroom, but he had this horribly terrifying dog. What are those dogs that look like bears? Shits, I can't remember. Uh, really? Massifs? I no. can't remember. The point is, I don't know how he got in, but I would wake up and he would just be in my room staring at me, this dog. It was, I was terrified uh, and it was really a terrible experience. So, uh, yeah, and it was on, um, oh gosh, uh, Gower. Okay. Gower, yeah. So it wasn't
0: the best area? Uh, no. No. Okay. Oh, no. No one, no one ever moves to a great area. unless no. us say have something booked. So, <laughs> so, so, so you had the HBO pilot, but it doesn't get picked up? The no. But but you you have that experience now, though, so that must make you feel great.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? Again, it was like this thing that just never even was even on the table all of a sudden was on the table, and I was here and uh, and ha- had met these incredible people like Bob Odenkirk and Dino Stamatopoulos and Janine Graffalo, and, and uh, I just decided... Uh, I gotta I gotta just you know trust and jump in the net will catch you So I just moved here and and that's when I really got involved in a comedy community here And I just completely delved into that community of people at the time who were doing alternative stand-up and and sketch
0: So you started doing that and I see you, you were you were on an episode of mr. Show which, Yeah, uh, yeah, which Paul Tompkins wrote for were you with, was Paul? I adore you Paul. Did? Yeah, he was very much in that group as well. Yes We used to hang out with him in Philly and he like he never he worked at a hat store but but he never had money he had never had money for beer and we all were doing comedy but we were also working or some of us were working weekends doing comedy then we had jobs and we always bought him beers just because he was just so funny and he just he cracked up and this is like when he was like very immature like now he's matured, and he (laughs) he looks better now than he did when he was like 21 I'm like he was on the show like four years ago and I'm like what happened to you? I said, you, you changed, you know, you are you look good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was there and I got to see Jack Black before he was Jack Black and Sarah Silverman and uh, Marilyn Rice Cub and all these incredible people who really show that, you know, the, the work pays off because they were always performing and, and up and, and we were just, any opportunity, you know, to, to get up and perform, I, I was taking in my 20s and, and it really paid off.
0: Did you feel, I mean, because the, the, that whole, like the Largo and that whole scene really changed comedy the direction of comedy you know before it was joke 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 right. joke and then, did you feel you were part of something changing it or oh at the I time knew the, it- I knew these people were
1: special oh my gosh what they were doing absolutely I mean I, I think it was in the air I mean my sketch shows was Seth you know we really didn't want to do the old fashioned you know payoff where you where you kind of up Now we did sketches where there was no ending it was it was this it, but it was this thing in the air and so like like looks for like and when i found these people doing what they were doing i i just hung out after the shows like like a complete nerd and just t- kept telling everybody oh my god i love this i love what you're doing and and uh, eventually they they wouldn't they weren't weren't scared of me and who's that weird stranger and uh i got and i got you know invited to perform and yeah but i agree with you it was very special what was happening at the time and they were all doing it and everybody was playing with that that idea of of alternative
0: now as you're doing that are you getting i see you know you're you're getting some book work too right some tv shows yes okay yeah yeah i'm working
1: quite a bit And you run allen yeah, I did uh, three seasons of Ellen. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, what was that like? Because, you know, it's funny. As a, as a stand-up, when I did stand-up, I mean, once again, that's someone moment you, you watched. You knew she, her talent was just so special. Her her stand-up was so different. And you were like, I remember the first time I saw her on TV, and she just made me, howl Because just her whole, was it great working with her? I mean, because she seems like a very, very sweet person. It was incredible
1: working with Ellen. She was very kind to the actors. And after the show, she would take us all out to a bar, and she would want to sing songs, and and we would, and she she loved dancing, and and um yeah, it w- it was incredible. She was very kind uh, to the actors, and and also to get to be behind the scenes as she was deciding to come out, and she did share. You know, Patrick uh, Bristow, the brilliant Patrick Bristow, I played his boyfriend on the show, and I also played Paige's assistant. Anyway, our characters were already gay, out out gay characters on the show, which was. Uh, incredible to get to to be one of those first, you know. Yeah, yeah. you didn't they, see that back then. Yeah, no, it was it, it was an honor to do that. And um, but then when she was, you know, she confided in us a bit about what she was planning and 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 talking to executives, and we were very excited about for her and about this move. And of course, the pu- they call it the puppy episode. That was her coming out episode. I th- I think it's one of the most perfect, uh, you know, pieces of television ever created. Uh, and I, I i hope people kn- I hope people really still talk about that because it's perfectly written and um, yeah and I got to be in it I didn't have any lines they cut my line but I was there I was there for the bomb threat and I remember standing out in the parking lot with Laura Dern looking at the studio thinking is it about to explode you know and I I, I was on set and I almost there
0: was was an actual bomb threat? yeah I know I I thought okay no I didn't know about this so wait because some idiot Midwest idiot problem. No, no, nothing. against Midwest <laughs> people. But there are probably some. I mean, religious I mean, fanatic or yeah.
1: gay-hating, homophobe, whatever. Yeah. So they
0: did a bomb. I mean, that, see, that's the stuff that irritates me because it's like I'm. I'm still one of these people that if if you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't don't get involved. I mean, just as my dad would say to my mom, and she keep butt butt your nose out, Rosie. You yeah, know. but you the know, problem but, with fanaticism in any
1: religion is it's it, it's not enough to to just let people do what they want to do because in their minds um, you're uh, destroying the world Right. and you are um, they're protecting the the their their the life that they need it to to have i mean it's to let to to a uh, for a fanatic to let somebody do what they do which is really what what we're all supposed to do is to you know let, right. the, the, is actually it's yeah, so not enough.
0: <laughs> so did they come into? I mean, I've never been where there's. But I actually, I was at. I was no, I was never at a bomb threat. I was at something in North Hollywood at a Ralph's. I was stuck in the store because there was a oh, guy yeah? outside with a gun. I was coming back from a comedy show. Oh I, my God! Did, did were there shots fired? No, but there, all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I was I was getting that Sobe water and the only reason got to have
1: it we're, worth being in a gunfight. Well, you no,
0: know, it was on sale and they had a, yeah. this contest and I won a MacBook. A week before with the Sobe water, so I said, "You thought I'll get another MacBook?" If I you. was like, "Whatever, I'll go." So <laughs> I, lightning
1: strikes. Yeah, water. <laughs> so I go in,
0: and all of a sudden. I see these cops and they're in body armor and we had to stay in Ralph's for like an hour and a half and all these idiots are oh standing gosh, it sounds like the mess did yeah. aliens come and all these idiots are standing near the window like where the pe- people with guns are I was like in the back sitting in like in a pothole oh yeah I'm like, I'm like I don't want to be up there hide and- in a can of Dinty <laughs> more
1: this, that's terrifying I agree but with you but it was you. crazy but how was how was it when they were you still worried after they did the bomb
0: sweep were you worried we
1: right? oh it was a little scary going back in yeah I hadn't thought about that in a long time yeah it was a little scary But and it was also sad because you know this because we were also everyone there was supporting Ellen and then to have that energy in the air of oh yeah but it was probably also helpful to remember okay this is why we're here doing this this is why this episode of TV has to get made
0: so you're part of history which is great. I mean, you know, so you, are you. I, everybody is when you think about it. No, but that's just great TV history. That's great. I mean, that's really cool that you just got yeah. to be into uh Yeah, it's no Hindenburg. That. that would have been
1: cool to be on the Hindenburg and survive. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah, that'd be great.
0: Or yeah. the Titanic, you know, yeah, you'd be you a lady. You could pretty much
1: put out any record album and people would buy it <laughs> if you had survived, you know, Titanic. So, L and then you, you now I have so I, many record albums I want to put out, but no one would buy them. Sorry, go ahead. Like, give
0: me do you actually I'm are you totally do, kidding Do you no. sing? No, but yeah, I do sing, but Do you ever would you ever make an album? No. Um. <laughs> I think you should. It's not should. my... Yeah. I, I get you. Now, you're in Action. Yes. A- action yeah. was one of my favorite series ever. Action, yeah. I loved it. And it's uh. one of those things, it's on Hulu now. and I t- And what pisses me off is so many people have never heard of it. And okay, I can understand, if you live in LA, you should have heard of Action because it was so damn good yeah. and so funny oh, and I mean and you had a great, you. great part but it was I just loved and it. Jay was Jay was great in it it's a perfect
1: role for Jay and, and Ileana Douglas who I, I worship both and of Buddy them Buddy Hackett Buddy Hackett got to, got to hear a million jokes wish I'd written every single one of them down and I learned a lot from him Buddy Hackett was a, an incredible person to work with all of them very kind and that show it's a crime that it ended up on the wrong channel If it, 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 it should have run longer
0: but. well I heard that actually they changed the final episode just because, I guess, because it's, he dies at the end. But I guess they did it. They had a whole bunch of, they had some episodes planned out. But oh, the, then they I cut mean, it to like from, they cut out those episodes, which it sucked because, I mean, if, it was just such a good look at Hollywood and he got so many amazing stars to Well, it was to ahead ahead of it. I think
1: that the writing, Chris Thompson was a genius and with that show and the writing, it was just ahead of its time. And that's why it really, it probably should have been on cable. I think it would have lived a long, happy life on cable.
0: Yeah. Now we're going to get back to your career. Okay, all, all your all this stuff. I want to talk about the movie that you, you you're coming out in. Oh, we had thank talked about. God! Because no, I want to go because I remember when I had talked. We had gone back and forth about trying to get you on the show, and then you said, first you were really. Swamp Without Fest, mm-hmm. and then you said I'd rather come when the movie's coming out. Yeah, so let's talk about that, and, okay. uh, and then we'll get back to your critics. I want to hear about. <laughs> I want to talk about the Mentalist because I'm sorry, uh, the the lead guy Simon Baker. That's like if every hey guys, you know, it's good, it's fine to have a man crush. Not, I mean, I'm straight. It's Simon <laughs> Baker, I have a man crush on Bradley Cooper <laughs> really? and Dennis Leary and David Duchovny. Believe it or not, I just they're all just cool. They're like and like Simon oh, yeah. Baker is just so charming. But he always he always wears the same outfit on that show.
1: That's odd. I, I completely agree. And you wonder: does is it is it is it many many copies of the same outfit in his closet, or is it just the one that he keeps cleaning every night? I have no idea.
0: So I should have asked him. And the movie: did you now, did you write? Did you direct it? Are you starring in it? Yeah, How's...
1: I, co- I co- the the movie is uh, Space Station Seventy Six, and it, it's it's premiering in theaters uh, September nineteenth, this Friday, in New York and LA, and then it's going worldwide on on video on demand and iTunes and on uh, September twenty third. And this has been my passion project for for. You know, 10 years and uh, I co wrote it and directed it. It stars Patrick Wilson, Matt Bomer, Liv Tyler, Jerry O'Connell, Marisa Coughlin, and uh, it's uh, my baby. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited that the world's going to see it. Sony Pictures bought it at South by Southwest, which was a crazy dream come true, and they're distributing it. Now, what's what, what's the log line for it? It's. Um, Okay, so uh, let's see. <laughs> well, just explain it. Just give it. Well, th- it takes place in the future, as we had imagined it in the nineteen seventies. And it uh, takes place on a space station that's not unlike uh, the suburbs in space. It's sort of like the ice storm set in space. Okay. You know, so it's about these the group of people on this lonely space station. And it's um, it's kind of like, uh, for me, It w- the, the whole genesis of it began as uh, looking for a way to explore what it was like for me to grow up in the suburbs in the 70s. But it's all wrapped in this homage to great uh, 1970s sci-fi but it's using that world you know the retro future as sort of a metaphor for unrealized dreams and it's you know space station in the middle of nowhere is such a great uh, way to dramatize suburbia which you know there's so much claustrophobia and loneliness uh, underneath underneath you know the curtains in suburbia and, and it seemed like the perfect setting
0: So you said it's something that took 10 years. So you had this
1: idea. It started as a play that I co-wrote with these incredible actors.
0: And Um, you produced the play.
1: Yeah, I I directed it and and conceived the concept and, and directed these actors through improv. Um, I would, that I would record and then I would type it out and hand it back. And, and this play grew out of three months of improv in my, in my living room. And that was, uh, the incredible actors, Sam Pancake, Jennifer Elise Cox, Mike Stoyanov, Kali Rocha, And they just, cr- we, you know, together created this really rich world and these very deep, interesting characters. But we were always looking for the comedy of the uncomfortable, you know? Anyway, so, and then that became the movie. Uh, but it was a long journey, and, and, and um, it was, and, um, but I, I love how it turned out. Uh, we ended up having, t- there's like 20 minutes of special effect shots in the movie. There's more effect shots than there are in Star Wars. So it's also, it is a sci fi film, but it's a dark comedy.
0: Are you personally a fan of sci-fi did you love that stuff when you were younger i saw
1: empire strikes back 15 times in the theater really oh so, yeah yeah okay, how about so, you
0: uh i saw it probably once or twice <laughs> i you know it's funny Maybe you were a star wars kid yeah you know but i i liked it but it's weird i and i i never saw the new ones i and I've just never been a big sci-fi guy. Like, I liked aliens better than Star Wars. Aliens is perfect. I love that because it, it scared you and it was. That's a creepy. thriller, really, yeah. more than sci-fi. Yeah. So, yeah. I just I was never a big sci-fi. Guy. And it, and it's funny because I I have Netflix and everyone says, is it the new Battlestar Galactica, whatever that came out a while ago? is just unbelievable. Like it's it's one of those things. I should watch that. Yeah, I just not, worked not... with Mary McConnell. She was a dream. Someone said, someone said, man. Someone goes, if you don't like sci-fi, it doesn't make a difference. They go, this show is just awesome. And I'm not talking about the Dirk Benedict ones. I'm talking about the new ones. <laughs> and uh, But no, so, so you, were, you were a sci-fi kid, and so that's how you came up with the idea. And, and the- I also love 70s
1: film, just all of it, you know, The Shining and Ordinary People and and you know, I just think film was so incredible back then and this whole movie is is a, is a bit of a throwback in the feel and the way we shot it and yeah it's it's as it's, it's, it's much inspired by family dramas that I love from the 70s as by sci-fi, it kind of meets right in the middle, it's not a parody, it's not Spaceballs trying to, you know, with a lot of goofs on sci-fi, it's not Galaxy Quest because it's, it's not about some huge uh, sci-fi adventure, but it's about the, the battles that happen internally inside of people, uh, but nonetheless if you love 70 sci- sci-fi i mean there's so many uh, so much of that in the movie a friend of mine said the sets look like, it, the movie looks like uh, space 1999 and the brady bunch had a baby okay. <laughs> which i love and uh yeah so it it's it's funny like but like a Uncomfortable, like a Todd Solondz movie, and and it does ask you to care about the people, and and I think everybody's journey and all the actors do such a beautiful job of investing in their characters, dramas and conflicts and desires that you really get wrapped up in, in 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 in, in um what's happening in in the in the story, yeah.
0: Well, it must have been a big labor of love for you to just to take it from the play to get it done as a movie what did that process entail i mean did you did you know who was going to be in the movie when you started pitching it or did you have to go through studios because it's different or i mean how did you get to the point where you made it off the boards, so completely not
1: through the the normal hollywood system as a matter of fact sony called us they were like where did this movie come from and why did we not know about it you know and um it just happened by just Sheer will and determination. And uh, I, I, you know, certainly... Well, I found my my producers who really made it happen at Sundance when I was there for the movie Sleeping Dogs Lie, and they just believed in it, and together we were able to get the script out. And Patrick Wilson, uh, he fell in love with this role that is the last role you'd expect Patrick Wilson to play and that's why we ha- we love that he was playing it and he's so funny in this movie in a way that you never get you know he is the funniest guy ever Patrick okay. Wilson He and you don't he, he told me he he doesn't get cast in comedies unless it's just on offer or th- through a friend and so um, anyway so when he agreed that was a, a big thing and Liv Tyler uh, and then Matt Bomer Matt, I love Matt Bomer's reason to do the movie he said when he read the script he had to do it because it was it fulfilled two <laughs> all, a long time wishes, a childhood dreams. One is to be in a 1970 sci fi film, and two is to live in a John Cheever novel. Okay, <laughs> and John Cheever, he was he writer about the underbelly of the suburbs in the 70s, and and it so. Uh, yeah, so, you know, certainly having those celebrities be attracted to the script, and, and, and I, I love the script because it, it is so delicious for an actor because there's real scenes to dig your teeth into, you know, and it's, and it's funny, and it's sad, and it's uncomfortable, and it's dramatic,
0: and it's weird, you know, which is fun. It's a fun tone to walk. Now, this was this your first movie you've directed? Yeah. Okay. My first
1: feature. Yeah. Now
0: what was that like? I mean were you were you? Well I just been on or... just so
1: many sets and I also I I co directed most of all the episodes of Love Spring International, which was a TV show I, I helped create up for for a lifetime. We did twelve episodes and I was on the show. So anyway, so I also I teach acting as a hobby. So it's just something I'm always kind of doing. But it was it was pretty scary and Uh, What I kind of liken it to is it's sort of like in the morning, somebody takes a 5,000-piece puzzle and throws it on the floor, and it's sort of like, okay, you have... Eight hours to put that puzzle together, and any pieces that don't fit you just disappear, and you never have. You know that's what it feels like directing, but I, it's a, it's a rush, and it's the hardest thing in the world. But as soon as you're done, you can't wait to do it again.
0: Now I've heard people who've been on here who, who directed before; they just say you it just it consumes you. It's like it's like Robbie Benson was on, and Robbie <sighs> Robbie has oh, has Robbie had Benson. four open heart surgeries. Okay? Yes, and he uh, he talked about, and which was funny was. Everyone said, "Well, what happened to you? Why'd you stop acting?" And he said, "Because he couldn't get insurance to act." But then he said he, he started directing a bunch of sitcoms, and like the Naked Truth. He directed like, me like, on my Ellen. Okay. Yeah. And what's funny is he's like, what makes no sense is when I acted, I'd actually just do whatever. I'd actually work two hours. He goes, when I directed, it would take my whole day. Because yeah. He's he's a consummate. I mean, he's such a perfectionist and the sweetest guy. But he was saying how you know he would get done and then he would just be in it and it's just funny because they say you just you're the director and the bottom line is everyone I mean at least I do when I watch TV I always watch you know directed by and if it's someone I know I'm like oh cool you know but if it's someone you don't know you go well you know, and you get to see certain names like you know if it's a sitcom you know you're going to see James Burroughs you're going to see different <laughs> people but I've heard it's just it's, it's you're really at the helm and so I think I would guess are you nervous throughout just because you want the final product to be great? Because yeah. One, that the actors are. Yeah. You little, do feel
1: the weight of the whole movie on your shoulders. And then it wasn't until like the last day that I realized, oh my God, there's a guy standing next to me. It's actually his job to take this weight off my shoulders. Like it's called the assistant director. Right. <laughs> and I just didn't realize like I was worrying about all the things that he, we were paying him to worry about. Right. You know? <laughs> so next time I do it, I'm definitely going to, you know, um, not to let him do his job or not worry about it not that i was doing his job but i was
0: worrying about it <laughs> Yeah. See, yeah, you see, well, we do that. But we're, you're, you know, anyone who's an, an artistic person, we worry about stuff. It's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. been, So now you get it done. And but now, also,
1: you know, when you're doing a, a smaller budget movie, t- you know, t- time is so, um, what's that word? You just don't have time and you've got, so you have to be really, you always have to be looking ahead, but focusing on what you're doing, but looking ahead and knowing, okay, this is coming up. We have to leave time for this. So, yeah, it's intense.
0: How, how, how long did it take you to shoot? Um, the actual
1: shooting footage, not editing, but like when you, well, we shot one day a month for seven years. So it kind of, no, oh, okay. I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, wait a did Didn't people
0: age? <laughs> wait a second. Right. You know, it's <laughs> like, wait.
1: No, but uh, we shot it all in real time. No, I I, I can't remember. Quick, though? Was it, it quick? Was, it was fairly quick,
0: yeah. Okay, so you get the project done. And now how do you end up getting this... Uh, south by southwest festival was that the first festival were you submitting it for festivals or how yeah? Did that well, work?
1: so much of film festivals depend on the timing of when you're done and we had so many effects to do uh that was just that was the perfect festival and uh for the timing that we were done, because we, we we were really, we, we didn't have it enough to show Sundance. We and we, um, so yeah, South by Southwest. I love that we premiered there because they're, techni- they're a technical, technical festival, and a music festival. And that's so what my movie is, because there's so many ef- effects and they're really cutting edge effects made to look like uh, it's it's amazing. Like everybody thinks they're miniatures that we built little spaceships, but no, it's CG. But it's just made to look like like okay. miniatures, and then. But also, it's an amazing soundtrack in the film. We have all these Todd Rundgren songs, Neil Sedaka. His wife gave me permission to use "Laughter in the Rain." It's like it's it's so uh, it's very much a musical movie, run uh, of the, like all the greatest songs that you'd hear on like the AM radio in the seventies.
0: I love Todd Rundgren. Oh my I, God, was he ahead of his time? And he was from the Philadelphia area, which I am. So he used to have Utopia Studios out there. That's my opening song, okay. Utopia. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he had the, he had the studios out there, and there was a there was a show. There were Sigma, Sigma Sound Studios, but they'd always have, like, WMMR was a big rock station, and they'd always have, like, these obscure Todd Rundgren, Rundgren concerts, like, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you know, tonight, Todd Rundgren from whatever, but he was a big Philly, so yeah, I loved him.
1: Yeah, if you listen to his music, it's seven years, it's always seven years ahead of what everybody else is doing. That's my opinion.
0: Now, how did you go, how do you go as a filmmaker, how did you go about getting his music. Did you, do you send them an it's offer? It's the hardest you-
1: thing in the world is music. Absolutely hardest thing. And you have a music supervisor and you beg for favors and they re- and they request the music. And yeah, it's 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 hard that's like the hardest
0: part of making a movie is music rights who knew oh yeah well, it must be great because you said you love the soundtrack and that i, I love the am music i mean i when i was born in 63 my first i remember my first two albums were uh, tom jones greatest hits and oh, yeah. and the partridge family oh love it
1: love it you know i love 70s music so much seth and i created a musical called disaster which is a 1970s disaster movie musical with all 70s hits that's coming to broadway next summer we're really? raising the money right now it had a hit run. It did great off Broadway earlier this year. So that I mean, that's how much I love the seventies and seventies music. Now, did you write that with Seth? I did. Yeah, okay. and I, I'm directing that as well. So now, does Seth ever want to direct? No, he no. does. He'll the for, he's the first one to tell you he has no visual eye. Okay, like you can't. He can't. I don't understand how clothes get on him in the morning and all the buttons <laughs> get buttoned correctly because he can't see what's in front of him. But he's so creative. And of course, if you know Seth Rudetsky from and Sirius, and he he's. Oh, he yeah, he's a genius comic, and 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 he's constantly writing books and doing shows, and yeah, but he is not a visual person, and you need to be as a director. So the play that's really exciting. So you you decided to put it on? Was it an effort to put it off we, Broadway? Oh my gosh, yeah, it was complete. It's just like my movie Space Station. It was completely just done off the grid. We just self produced it off Broadway, and because we believed in it, we and and it 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 was. I mean, New York Times called it. Um, uh, gave it a rave. Time Out gave it 5 stars. Uh, Daily News said it was top 10 in theater that year. And that was uh, and and we got what we needed which was we attracted our Broadway producer who, who is Rob Aaron's, who who brought Xanadu to Broadway.
0: Okay. And so yeah, uh, we so how's that happen now? That he just come up to you and say, "Okay, we want to put it on Broadway." And now, what do you have to do to get it on Broadway? Is is it this, money? Is, is but is it, is it going to be the same show, or are you going to have a different cast? Oh, uh, or? Yeah, different cast probably. Some
1: of the people will st- will still be in it, but I mean, no, I mean, it's off. We were in this little rundown theater off Broadway, so it's. I mean, it's going to be huge. It's got to be. It's got to be a Broadway show. You know, we we actually have this wonderful idea. Like we we have our helicopter from Saigon, or our chandelier from um, Phantom of the Opera like you you do need to elevate everything for Broadway but at the same time we want to keep that there's an energy in our of our show of like like there for the piranha see in this show everything that can go wrong goes wrong so earthquake tidal waves sharks killer okay. rats and there's a scene with piranhas and they're just puppets you know and we're going to keep that People love theater magic, and sometimes I think where some Broadway shows um, maybe get it wrong a little is they, they 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 get they don't use theater magic, and instead they throw tons of money into special effects. But 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 like some of the best moments in in a Broadway show are just somebody like in, in Willy Wonka. There's a scene where a little boy gets shrunk, and they just it was just a little Barbie doll puppet, and the audience went crazy. Meanwhile, there's like billion dollars effects going on at every second. That in a way. You know, don't feel as magical as this little Barbie doll and puppet thing, right? You, you know,
0: what I, mean? I know, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's like anything. It's like you know, you you, you wanted something at like that. It's it's more you know, like niche quiche, whatever. And you just you not quiche, whatever that's called, quiche, <laughs> kitsch, not quiche. Yeah, quiche. It's, they're <laughs> making quiche. No, it's just because it's it's fun, and because a lot of times you see these big big productions, and it takes it out of it. Like me and Joanne went to see Priscilla, mm-hmm. and I honestly had we still went to pantages, yeah, and. It was just a blast, and yeah, it is. It was just a stri- It was it was a bus. That's yeah. all. It was a bus and costumes, <laughs> and it was great. And the crowd was great. Yeah. Then we went to see Avita, and I was like, it, it sucks. The acting was great, but I'm like, I had no idea what was going on. And they had you know all these sports, and I'm like. I just want to see a bus, you know. I don't yeah. want to see. I don't want to see all well, this elaborate stuff. Just I want to see acting and a <laughs> bus. Because if I want to see big effects, I'll go to a movie, right? And that's my thing. I think that's why you yeah. know people love it. But if I saw a Barbie doll, I mean, a little doll, I would crack up. I just have that yeah. kind of sense of humor. Well, it's like the new Star Wars movie. They're going back to a lot of practical effects because too much
1: CGI, you just start to become numb to it. And it's like sort of like, well, you could do anything. Why don't you make that man melt into an ice cube right. into a, a flying bird? It's all, it, you know what I mean? It's like watching a cartoon, and it's hard to become. Really invested in it, in in you know, if it doesn't feel real in front of you.
0: Now with the play, will, will you stress over it because it's because Broadway critics are just harsh. They're like they're mean. I mean, does that, does, that, does well, everything? The does nice that ever, thing does that is we already
1: got all the great reviews in New York. So like in a way, that's why it's such a. Uh, that, it, that's sort of why we're a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, because all, all the all the critics have already given their approval to the off Broadway version. However, you know, I just you just can't get too worried about that because the amazing thing about anything creative is half the people will love it, half won't, and you just that's just humanity. It's like you it, because whether people like something is completely up to their likes and dislikes. Of course, you hope that that more than, <laughs> people like it than right. don't, but um, you know, t- I mean, Tina Fey talks about it when she goes online. It's like. It's crushing. People are so cruel, you know, but um, you got to focus on the people who get you, you know, because nothing's going to be for everyone. And if it is, it probably isn't that good. There's that great quote from title of show. I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite right.
0: thing. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Now, I only, quick, we're going to trans back to the movie. Yeah. When, when Okay, when you're uh, South by Southwest and it plays and it gets, people love it.
1: Yeah, well they added buzz screenings, and yeah, it was really exciting. So
0: you must be really because this is such a, as I said earlier, a labor of love. It must just, you must have just been on cloud nine.
1: Uh, oh, a- absolutely. So now, how does Sony approach? Most of you? all, because watching the movie, I, I really feel like that's the movie I meant to make, and I love it, and it's so that's the best part, and that audiences were were getting it, and reviewers were understanding what I was going for, and and willing to let go of of. of that what they sort of maybe thought they wanted, which would be you know a wacky space parody or, or a sci-fi venture, but and say okay that's not what this is. But and take you know my favorite reviewers are the ones who are able to uh, to go okay I I saw what he was doing and I I like that you know as opposed to you know some reviewers are, are like why wasn't this funnier and it's sort of like because it's it's not a comedy it's a dramedy it's a dark comedy you know and um, yeah
0: so but what were you gonna say No, I was gonna say so Sony after they saw it they they hit up your people and said we want we want this movie yeah i mean that, so they just we just couldn't yeah i mean that must have been amazing it's sort of yeah i mean you, I'm, I'm sure when you when it you could, took it to the like, south by southwest you never expected it's going
1: to vegas and then you hit the jackpot and you go how how, how did that happen
0: so now are, are do you plan to direct another movie or? i'd love to okay. but
1: I, I yeah but i'd love uh yeah yeah i really would love that i mean i have some things quote in the works now we'll you see. you also teach acting
0: as a hobby yeah I love it
1: now did
0: you did you start doing that just because you love of the craft or do you just thought it was a way to give
1: back I I really wanted to find a way to do like some sort of charity work and it all started just me inviting actors to my apartment for free to come and and because what happened was I was studying I I had a lot of anxiety as a young actor and I started studying self-help new thought to get over my uh, anxieties and to find a new way to look at life but without realizing it I was applying all that to acting so 10 years later I realized holy cow I've got this whole approach that makes acting fun joyful and easy and I'm actually booking even more work than I was before I've got this thing I can share with people and it's a way for me to feel good about who I am and to give back so I wrote this free book it put it online it's free to read everything I teach is free to read on my website jackplotnik.com and the book is called new thoughts for actors and it's just and also it's a way to combat some of um, I mean I think some of the biggest uh, acting teachers in LA are the most abusive and the stories I've heard in the last 10 years of me teaching are absolutely heartbreaking, and they're coming from the teachers that are charging the most, and these actors are are just uh, broken by them. See, I like the fact
0: that my my feeling is always about this, whether it's comedy or acting. You have a great resume. You should be teaching acting. (laughs) I see some people who you sit there that are probably the abusive ones also, I'm not, you know, who are probably just Mean because they never worked. Like I had Ken Lerner on my show. He's a good teacher. He's Ken's been working for years. Joe Nuevas also, you know, he works a lot. They give classes. Mm -hmm. They're that's who you go to. Like someone like you or someone like that, because they're people who actually they're they're good at their craft, but they book work. I just have. I always don't like people. I mean, I always say the guy Richard Klein who played Larry from Three's Company. Oh, I love you know. I loved him, but he's teaching acting. But he didn't do anything after Three's Company. (laughs) So I'm always thinking, how can you teach acting if? you know, if if not That's not like interesting, I mean, I always say because it's like if I was if I was to take an acting class, I would look at someone like you or I would look, I would IMDB and I go, wow. This yeah. guy's got quite a uh, amazing. He might resume. have some helpful hints. Yeah, he, how did he, I, do he it? knows. <laughs> and if, even if I suck at acting, maybe he can tell me. Well, if you go to an audition, you know, just because anything like that. So I, I yeah. s- that's. I'm glad you do that. Well,
1: because- I think I think that the, the saddest thing is just when an actor is being really abused by an actor who never worked. That seems like a crime. But I do. There's great acting coaches out there, and I'm sure uh, some of them didn't necessarily work, but they have a way of understanding the process. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, though. It is strange when actors put up with. Abuse from somebody who never worked. It's right. odd. It's crazy. Okay, now I also
0: want to talk about Drawn. You were on Drawn Together.
1: Yes, now, yes. I love that show. To be on a show that you also worship is kind of the height. Uh, I, and it was the same with Reno 911 for me. But yeah, Zan, uh, playing Xander on Drawn Together, I just never wanted it to end and uh, I loved it. yeah
0: Was that your first voiceover work?
1: I'd done some little things here and there, but I think the reason why I got the audition was because the writers of that show were sort of uh, were writers of action. They were lower on the totem pole, but they knew me from action. They brought me in, and I had a take on the character that, that they really enjoyed. I think the the other people auditioning, a lot of them were playing a stereotypical, quote, gay sound, and, and that's not how I approached it.
0: Now, you also you mentioned uh, Cheevers. John Cheever's novels. Well, what's funny is because John Cheever's was mentioned in a Seinfeld episode and you also were in a Seinfeld episode.
1: Yes, I was. I did do a Seinfeld episode. John
0: Cheever's was mentioned. It turned out he was the lover of... uh, uh, George's fiance's father. <laughs> what was that? I mean, because you. I mean, what what year did you do Seinfeld? Was it in uh, the middle or was it eighteen
1: ninety? I don't remember. It was so long ago. But I will say, uh, Jerry was at, he goes to every audition. You know, and and he has he's really was involved with every aspect. Even like what I, I what I looked like, what they did to my hair. Like he just cared. You know, and he was very kind. And it wasn't filmed in front of a live audience, at least not my scene. Uh, so it all happened quite quickly. But I I loved it, and and at the time. I knew like that, whoa, like this is really amazing to get to 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 be to see this. I felt the same way walking down the street of Sunnydale when I was on Buffy for for, for those episodes. It's incredible to get to step into the TV and to, onto these shows that are so fantastic.
0: So yes, yeah, so, I mean, as just said your your resume is great. Just so you know. You have a great resume. Thank you. And uh, you're all over the place. Like you're comedy, drama. But I noticed like, you know, which is great and it shows your acting ability because I mean, if you're if you're, your background is comedy, I mean comedy mm, comes I started doing e- yeah. it comes easier, I think if it's it's your background, but like you were on the mentalist now yeah, how did, I how did a did, bunch of those Yeah, how did that come about? did they say we want uh, this I, guy? I mean, because you're mostly of the comedy background how does that does your agent pitch you going well, he's not the he's, it's funny I don't get seen for comedies much anymore i i it, for
1: whatever reason, whoever's casting them now doesn't want to see me. But I do get seen for a lot of dramas. I just did Criminal Minds, Major Crimes. I love doing dramas, and uh, but I, my favorite tone, again, is like my movie. It's like a funny drama, a dramatic comedy, you know. But anyway, you asked me, how did I get Mentalist? Was, and, and, i had already done Nip Tuck. These casting people, I cast me on Nip Tuck, and then they brought me in for The Mentalist. And it was just, an I just auditioned. And David Nutter, who directed the pilot, he, he liked me and... Uh, and I just I booked the pilot uh, and um yeah I, I I and I you know went, I don't know i I loved the character. he was a rich character, and Simon you know enjoyed playing opposite this creepy guy, and he actually even improved a line where he said I can't remember the last line of his scene with me where he says you creep me out I can't, shoot I can't remember anyway that was improv cuz he was having a good time with the the back and forth between our characters so they brought me back a number of times and when I found out I was possibly red john it was like I was so
0: excited Well you, did you watch the show I mean do you watch the shows you're in or is it hard to watch like cuz
1: I, I mean, don't always watch the shows I'm in I did watch a lot of the mentalist but not I didn't I um you know I don't even have cable anymore I don't watch a lot of TV
0: so now that, that's been great though that a lot of times I hear you go for one audition and then they must like it because you get recurring so that with, with Mentalist, you were getting called back then would, mm-hmm. that, would that come out of the blue or did you know that they're going okay you're going to be on three episodes sometimes this year? you
1: have a better idea that it's possible just because you know your character didn't die or whatever right. so I was really happy when they started bringing me back but yeah the Red John thing was so exciting and uh, then they killed me in the first episode
0: <laughs> the that's first right, of that though. season what was it, what's but it was like getting killed to, what's, what's it like getting killed on? Uh, did
1: you I, I, I it's interesting. I, I like getting killed. I think my favorite getting killed on oh gosh, maybe is between Buffy and Supernatural. Supernatural, I stabbed myself in the neck with a pencil, and that was really neat. But Buffy was was cool because getting staked and Joss Whedon was on set directing me. And uh, it was cool because I was the first human to be killed by a slayer. But it it, it often hurts.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the, the, I mean the neck Did they put something on you I mean how does that cause I yeah would but think, you
1: still have to pretend to stab yourself and, that, and yeah, in that, Buffy I had to throw myself against this dumpster and that you know
0: it hurts to die right <laughs> <laughs> now you said you're going to be on Criminal Minds I gotta tell you I just, I just started watching Criminal Minds like two years ago yeah and uh, my girlfriend watched it all the time that show is creepy I mean that there, yeah. and it was intense. creepy to play like, a killer on. I, I, I had watched, yeah. now, now, what was that like? So you Well, I had a,
1: to disassociate when I was strangling this guy. I just had to think about something else, like, oh, I'm just hugging him, because it was really <laughs> it's dark to put yourself in that place. But the neat thing was, you know, they killed me off as re- so I wasn't Red John, and then I immediately did Criminal Minds, where I got to kill everybody. So I was like, it was like such a great, like, okay, well, you don't get to kill anyone on the mentalist, so you know, <laughs> God said, just go and kill everyone on Criminal Minds, and so that was fun,
0: yeah. So now you you said earlier you love doing Reno 911
1: yeah uh, okay. I love those guys and I did their pilot right before Reno and it didn't go and it, oh I wish I, I wish uh, I wish it had because I could have spent my whole career working with them Tom Lennon Carrie Kenny and all all of them really lovely people kind creative funny
0: <laughs> now had you met them through like the... I just
1: auditioned for okay. this pilot they were doing called hey neighbor on I think it was for Fox I can't remember.
0: Yeah. And then they Oh sorry, up.
1: then they brought me in for Reno. They said, What do you got? You tell us. You know, pitch some characters. And that's how it always was. You walk in, you go, What if I was this? And one, I know, the second character I filmed for them really caught on and I did a whole lot of episodes as him. And he was a he was a pervert who wanted to rape children and their mothers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now how do how do you come up with a character like that? It's just, cause, I, you know, I mean, but it's good because you see the comedy in it because it's it's dark. But that's like anything; it's dark if you do it right. It yeah. can be well, funny. he
1: doesn't get away with it. I mean, right. I think, oh, yeah, yeah the cops are always stopping him, and that's the funny thing. And he's a terrible rapist. I mean, he's the worst rapist, you know. So that's why why it could be funny. And um, it was, yeah, so you you pitch the things, and then you get to just go to set in middle of the desert and just
0: play with them for the day,
1: and it was a blast.
0: Now, do people ever recognize? you from things like often they come up-
1: no because so often i'm playing characters that i look different than but um sometimes
0: yeah it's neat yeah get any hookups like i've had people who said they've gotten like bob clinton said he was flying somewhere and someone says hey we love you in cougar town and they upgraded him to first class <laughs> you, ever, you ever get any get any perks god darn it no <laughs> you have to start getting perks <laughs> so so okay what's next for you we, we have about we have about eight minutes left so, see, an hour flies by. It sure uh, does. I want to tell you, what, what, okay, the, the the movie you're promoting, that's why, yeah. you, okay, and that comes out this Friday?
1: Yeah, it's called Space Station 76. It's playing in L.A. and New York City. And then on the 23rd, it's out on VOD and demand. And it'll be everywhere. You can easily find it. Yeah, we, our website, Space Station 76. And, yeah, the trailer's online if you're curious. And also, we're uh, now releasing exclusive clips.
0: And, uh, yeah, so... How do you, I mean, you have so much stuff going on. How do you keep yourself sane? I mean, you have the movie coming out, and then you, you have your, you, as a hobby, you teach people. And then now you have to prepare, start preparing for the, I mean, do you, are you already preparing for the Broadway show, or, or how will that process yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. And it's, now, where will you live when you go back to New York?
1: Um, In 13 apartments on people's okay. floors. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not going to do that ever again. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, um, definitely. um Yeah, you know I like Airbnb.
0: (laughs) So, uh, you know what's funny? It is amazing. We were in San Francisco, and we were went. It was my first time ever there, and we went to. uh, I was going up for my friend's fiftieth birthday party, and we so we went. He was in Alameda. We stayed two nights in San Francisco, and we went to the Buena Vista, which is like the home of the Irish coffee. I never heard of Airbnb, and we started talking to this nice guy. He was from Missouri. He was a lawyer, and he's telling us he got this great, like, this great apartment in San Francisco, like in like some. The the tender I don't even know some district or area and the prices were going what the, it was amazing <laughs> yeah so you
1: used it before it's incredible yeah I did my last time was a little iffy because ended up I was sharing the apartment with thousands of cockroaches but they were very small and I barely <laughs> noticed them because when you turn on the light they scurry away but you know the guy. Uh, point is i've also mostly always had amazing experiences I, I love it it is so much better than a hotel yeah i love that
0: now what's your favorite place that you've shot a tv or movie at i mean where is? you know have you been to vancouver i'm sure you've been to vancouver
1: you know, the, you know, the sweetest gig to ever get as an actor is one of those commercials where, have you seen them, where the character is walking, and he's one moment he's in India, and the next moment he's in China. Okay, well, you get to go to all those places. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Really? I thought it was... Well, there, well, sometimes you can't fake it, and I got to do one of those commercials for Thrifty Rent-A-Car where I was suddenly in Times Square, so... I, you know, I mean, and then I was in a uh, snowy mountain location. Those are really amazing. Because so, I've got to film, I, you know, I'm the spokesman for Chex Mix. And I, w- I was in, we, we shot in, in Prague, in South Africa, it, it, I lo- uh, London. I love, I love traveling because they have, to, they have to fly you first class if you're traveling overseas. And you just never want to leave the plane. They have to pull me off those planes as I, you know, dug my fingernails in. Because first class on a plane, oh my gosh. If I want to it, move there.
0: No wait, so so you you're the <laughs> spokesman for Chex Mix? Yeah, I was for years,
1: now, right? How, how did that right come now about? it's faded off a little. Now I'm just the voice, but for years I was I was like the host of those. You just audi- I just auditioned. And so you got to go to all those cool places.
0: Yeah, that was that was wonderful. But I mean, I I just wondering why were they shooting him over there because they wanted to show Chex Mix's world. I'll
1: be the uh, Hard to say.
0: Isn't that great? That's <laughs> I so think cool, maybe though. it's
1: cheaper to, to to fly me over and to film there than it would be. Yeah, I don't know. But you don't
0: don't question it. Exactly. Just now, go. Now the thrifty though. Okay, so so you're in New York and you shoot your stuff. Now do they sit there? Is it do they hustle you like? Okay, you're done this. Then get, you're on a plane tomorrow. We're gonna they, fly. Or do you,
1: they can only hustle you as fast as they can hustle the entire crew and okay. all the lights and cameras. So yeah, but um, everything happens so fast in film because time is money. Now what are some but, of the other courses you've done? Oh my gosh! I mean, I was. Uh, the the spokesman for WD40 for some time. Uh, I did. I mean, I, it's it's kind of endless. I've done so many commercials. I'm so grateful for that. Um, oh, but if you ask me too quick, longbow is that what it's called? That I had to be inside of a whale and. Um, Oh my gosh, Pizza Hut Domino's. Uh, oh a, my lot, gosh. a lot? I'm no, no. sorry, yeah. No, my you brain not, short circuits Do you about still
0: it. go out for commercial auditions, or, or are you saying, I don't want to really do that anymore? Or I don't that do it much anymore, but I'm going to one today.
1: Are you? <laughs> Yeah. Because if you believe in the product, which I, I, I wouldn't do anything, I don't believe in, then it is such a great way to support your career as an artist. This one today? I don't know. If, uh, I can't remember. It's all <laughs> right. The secretary. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay.
0: okay, now I'm just looking, because we have a few minutes left. Now, yeah, yeah now, if what?
1: anybody out there dreams of being a... Broadway investor contact me
0: <laughs> now what, what's Waffle Hut well that was a oh that show my friend was, it was a, a pilot my friend created that I was part of I always like to see like post production and completed because it's always like they're different products because you probably don't look at your IMDB page but you have a, <laughs> every day no, you have uh, check a, it where's gr- my star meter Girls Will Be Girls 2012 that, that Girls Will Be
1: Girls is is uh, a, a movie that I produced and starred in that, um, and it became this huge cult hit and we just the, finished the sequel it'll be out next year it has a big following. It's 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 the sickest movie. Like it's like uh, Walters. I'm sorry, John Waters. It's like okay. it's inspired by that kind of comedy. And people who who know it love it. Like I've met people who like they decide they're going to be friends with someone by showing them the movie to see if they'll laugh at it. Because if they won't, they don't want to be friends with them.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny you said we're girls sleep- will be girls. Well, sleep where sleeping dogs lie.
1: You girls said. will be girls. By the way, all the all the women in the movie are played by men. So I play a 90 year old woman. In that, movie. that? What's that like?
0: What's I mean, that like? Major prosth- I mean, major makeup? No,
1: and- no. I mean, that's the fun of it is making it happen with all, all that. But there is a shot of me fully naked, and that was major prosthetics. But oh, but we realized we didn't have a vagina. Can I say that word? Yeah. And so we sort of had to create one on the fly. It was our Kermit rides the bike moment in the movie where we wanted to show you, look, it's not a puppet. It's real. Nah, I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, from Muppet movie yeah. when he's riding the bike. I love that. We were like, we got to have a, a Kermit rides the bike moment. Yes.
0: Do you play a 90-year-old lady the whole time? Yeah.
1: Now, how'd that come that about? Was of the characters I did in my sketch show, just one of many characters, but it, it was a character people really enjoyed. So we teamed her up with two other men who play women, and and they actually make a living do that, doing it. It's a hobby for me, and um and yeah, and, and these three characters of these women who live in Hollywood, it just really took off. See, that's awesome. You, 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 play, you play across the board. You must I be. I like to become other people. Yeah. It's, just,
0: it's good, And then and the directing and the producing, you must be so excited. I mean, this is like. I'm really excited because, you know, re- I'm uh,
1: directing and, and really having my projects have, being the the You know, Girls Be Girls was written and directed by somebody else. I produced it, but having the projects I'm working on now being written and directed by me, it's just such an incredible experience and it feels like such a dream come true.
0: So, if you had your choice to direct a play. Or a movie. Movie, Uh, it's
1: permanent. It lives forever. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's why I love TV and film. You know, you get it on film, it's done. Plays are constantly changing, evolving, and that's a great thing, but I prefer... A moment frozen in time that can always be experienced that way.
0: So when you when you start writing something now, uh-huh. do you write it in mind that you're going to direct it? I mean, is that the mindset? Or, or that,
1: those are the things I'm working on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's awesome.
0: <laughs> thank you. So we have, a, as I said, see, I always hate the last minute and a half because you never know what to talk about. You want to get into something? <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. Um, oh, thank you for having me. I'm I glad. really appreciate we it. It's took been a while last talking. To you. Last time, it's funny because I remember you were in New York. That's what's funny. Now it reminds me. I contacted you ages ago, and you were going to new york and so you did the place now i know the that's playlist. what i was doing there yeah yeah give all your info your your twitter your Facebook. well if you're curious
1: whatever. to read my free book for actors but also for anybody who wants to let go of anxiety you can find it at jackplotnick.com under just click new thoughts for actors and um it, the movie is spacestation76.com you can learn all about it and the play is disaster disaster and uh you can see clips online of that and um I'm uh, on Facebook. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, th- I want to thank you, Jack. It's and been people, a pleasure. Thank you. Check it out. I... I'm going to read the book. <laughs> okay. Am, yeah. And people uh, follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. Send me an email: Cooper at coopertalk.net, which is my website. I have two about 295 episodes up on there. Go check it out. If you Happy to be 296. Yeah. Well, you'll be on. You'll be You will be I'm the 293. <laughs> F, yeah. I think you will be 296 because I have to post a few more. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so do that, people. Also, uh, what was I going to say? Um, Oh, iTunes and Stitcher. It's Cooper Talk. And look for me. Uh, probably next week, I'll be starting on iHeartRadio. So I'm not, I don't have all my episodes in there. It'll be my late, latest five. And each week, I'll be posting. So go to your iHeartRadio app, type in Cooper Talk starting next week, and you can find me on then. So I'm going to thank my guest, Jack Plotnick. Go to his website. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs>